Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to June's podcast series on one month to better investigations and internal reportings. So what do you do when the call, the email, or the personal tip comes into your office where an employee reports suspicious activity somewhere literally across the globe? That activity might well turn into a Foreign Corrupt Practices Act issue for your company. In today's climate, it can turn into issues under lots of different anti-corruption jurisdictions. The Brazilian Clean Companies Act, the UK Bribery Act, or even domestic anti-corruption laws such as brought GSK to bear in China. As the Chief Compliance Officer, it will be up to you to begin the process which will determine in many instances how your company will respond going forward and will set the tone throughout this most difficult period. This month's podcast series will provide to you all the steps you need to consider going forward. I'm going to take a look at independent versus in-house investigations, investigation protocols, the different resources that a compliance practitioner may bring to bear in an investigation, such as internal audit, IT, and legal. And I'll take a look at special issues such as privilege, Upjohn and Miranda warnings, data privacy, and of course, the Yates memo and its effect. I think you will learn a lot this month if you follow this podcast series. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to the June podcast series. Day 21, Factors Leading to Hotline Distrust. My good friend Ryan Hubbs, who works at Schlumberger in Internal Audit and Internal Controls, wrote an excellent article entitled 10 Factors Leading to Hotline Distrust. So I want to use that as the basis of today's podcast. The guidance and mandates for companies on hotline reporting are numerous, overlapping, and sometimes very broad. We obviously have the U.S. Sentencing Guidelines, Sarbanes-Oxley, the Dodd-Frank Act, international guidelines from the EU, stock exchanges, and even the United Nations deems hotline reporting a necessary good business practice. Dodd-Frank attempted to strengthen accountability by specifically providing for protections for those who come forward as whistleblowers, but also allows regulators to respond to misconduct through fines and legal action. While the goal of of whistleblowers and hotlines might be to identify and correct wrongdoing, they do not guarantee success, and they do not even guarantee effective and trusting programs. Trust is the primary factor as to whether an employee will come forward with a concern. Management might try a quick-fix reaction to a messy investigation with more hotline posters or asking a CEO to use compliance and presentations and generally get the word out. Nevertheless, uh, employees view it as a trust issue, and you have to have that trust. If an employee chooses not to report and an outside source later discovers misconduct, the organization will certainly be subject to potential financial losses and reputational damage that could have been avoided. If the employee does report, but the culture of trust is lacking, or they face retaliation up to and including termination, then you have a disgruntled employee who's most likely going to go to the Securities and Exchange Commission. So, What are Hub's 10 factors leading to distrust of internal reporting mechanisms? 
Number one, employees don't understand the system. So some of the questions employees might ask is, who answers the hotline number? <clears throat> Will they know that I filed a hotline complaint if I do so anonymously? <clears throat> Will they tell my boss that I've reported a concern? Where does my complaint go and who reviews it? These are just some of the questions that employees might have. Doubt and uncertainty can impede an employee's decision to report a concern. The more important an organization, the more information an organization can share about the program to increase its transparency, the more likely the employee is to come forward. Number two, inadequate resources and poor program design. Organizations demonstrate the value of reporting concerns by spending money on well-designed hotline programs and professionally trained, efficient responders and investigating, fully integrated case management systems, and all necessary support and tools. Anything less will engender employee mistrust. Number three, lack of personalization of an employee's concerns. Reporting a concern can be a very personal experience for an employee. The whistleblower might be a victim. They may have witnessed significant wrongdoing or taking a personal chance by coming forward and doing the right thing. So if an employee only hears a recorded message or an automated response, in other words, press one for someone to talk to, on the first call, they may view the entire program as machine-like and indifferent. Qualified and experienced compliance or investigative professionals must immediately follow up on reported concerns. Concerned employees need support and reassurance they've done the right thing and the organization will address their concerns and that they will be protected from retaliation. An organization can achieve this through a code of conduct that articulates the expectations of behavior, including compliance and ethics policies that clearly communicate anti-retaliation commitments. Number four, improper handling and lack of training. Mishandling of complaints and poor training of hotline calls and investigations can cause certainly uh, reporting errors in which the organization conducts an inadequate investigation and rules that wrongdoing occurred when it didn't or the converse. An organization can significantly reduce, reduce errors and associate risk would include skilled investigators early in the reporting process. Employees who experience mishandled complaints might share their dissatisfaction with colleagues, and that can certainly destroy hotline morale. Number five, management involved in the hotline. Because local frontline management are rarely trained as investigators, they shouldn't help determine if an employee concern has merit, is factual, or warrants a full-fledged investigation. Local management may be the problem, or at the very least, might be complicit in allowing concerns to go forward or unaddressed. Local HR professionals might also appear to employees that be closely aligned with management. They also might be inadequately trained and show bias or favoritism. To ensure transparency and objectivity, often when it's effective to use a third-party administrator for your hotline. At the point when concern becomes part of an investigation, the organization can involve management, including internal audit, compliance, legal, and HR, depending on the type of complaint. Number six, too many reporting mechanisms. Hotline should be the primary entry point for all concerns regarding, regardless of who reports or how organizes, organizations identify them. Unfortunately, organizations want to ease the process to encourage, also have things such as emails, web portals, writing in person. These can uh, require companies to struggle with to determine who owns the proactive and reactive assessments of reporting and responses. Confusion can reign, causing a lack of trust in a proactive anti-corruption program for management and employees. 
Many organizations offer reporting mechanisms just beyond the centralized hotline, but you should have a professionalized, centralized, clearly articulated program that helps streamline reporting, increase communication and awareness, and decrease confusion to help build trust. Seven, too much emphasis on credible complaints. Employees who file fictitious or malicious complaints against organizations and colleagues to fend off pending terminations or to get others into trouble or retaliate for some perceived personal slight. Unfortunately, hotline workers have to respond to such complaints. Some organizations attempt to reduce meritless complaints by communicating that employees should only report credible or good-faith complaints. Other organizations might go a step further by saying that employees could be subject to disciplinary action for filing complaints that aren't credible. However, tactics like these, regardless of the level of trust, might dissuade employees from reporting any concerns. Credible and good faith are subjective terms that management might evaluate. Number eight, obstacles of negative instances and retaliation. There's one key theme throughout this uh, week series on reporting, and indeed throughout this month of investigations, it is retaliation. And companies must, and I must emphasize, must uh, prevent retaliation. When an employee is mistreated for following the organization's reporting policy, the hotline can sustain severe damage to its credibility and viability as a safe and secure mechanism. The damage from mismanagement and reprisals uh, immemorialized on the internet in court records or public documents can create a devastating silent do not report culture. Organizations must communicate they have a zero tolerance for retaliation and deal with any retaliation swiftly and publicly. They might need to conduct ongoing communications and awareness programs to make sure that programs are tra as transparent and as trustworthy as possible, especially if employees know about previous retaliations. Number nine, inconsistent outcomes. Organizations must demonstrate that consistent and fair outcomes are routine regardless of people, relationships, or scenarios. Employees will learn through the grapevine if the organization delivers fair, consistent uh, discipline regardless of how confidential the organization hides such outcomes. Of course, if employees view outcomes as fair, they will be more compelled to report concerns. Employees know that inconsistency equals personal risk. And finally, number 10. Actions speak louder than words. Employees critique, judge, and evaluate what an organization says about its hotline reporting program by what it does rather than what it says. Does it follow policies and procedures as designed? Does it really have a zero-tolerance policy on retaliation? Are outcomes really consistent, fair, and appropriate? Does it truly allow employees to report concerns anonymously? So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, uh, you must not retaliate. Uh, that is probably the biggest um, destroyer of credibility and trust in a hotline reporting. Two, there must be ongoing communications and there must be follow-up with the employees who have made the anonymous reports. And number three, celebrate your hotline. Let employees know that it's all right to raise your hand because that's all you're doing at the end of the day is raising your hand. It's incredibly important, and it's something that will make your hotline work much better. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed me. I enjoyed uh, day 21 of one month to better reporting and investigations, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow 
for our final day of this month's series. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate the podcast as it would help in our rankings and also help get the word out about the only one-month podcast series to a better compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much again for listening, and I hope you'll join me again for one month to better investigations and reporting. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.